0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So I'm still trying to figure out in my head, especially since I'm bouncing around between recording early, recording late, whatnot. Today is uh, Friday. It's not for me. It's still Thursday. But uh, it's exciting that this recording is for Friday because it kind of makes me feel like it's Friday. Although, what difference does it make? I mean, even from my perspective, it's it's Thursday night and then it's Friday. It's not like there's anything going on between now and tomorrow that's like, oh, I still have something. I have nothing to do. I have to record this and go to sleep. Anyways, happy Friday. You know, it's always actually funny to me. It seems like, especially lately, all uh, all the material that I at least start off with is stuff that just comes across my face in the last hour before I start recording. I wasn't planning on elaborating from yesterday, but uh, a couple things have come up, and I feel like I need to elaborate. First is this report that I swear I've never seen. I know, and maybe I did, because I I talked about there was a podcast that I did a while back where I talked about, it seems like this is getting real, this interest in Jordan Love thing, so maybe it's just something that I don't remember, but um, there's this thing that came up, thanks to uh, Dove Cliveman uh, doing some digging because he's getting himself into a bunch of Twitter fights. I think that's where i found this i guess i don't know but one thing i talked about yesterday was part of the excitement about jordan love is that he was handpicked by matt lafleur um a lot of these guys are you know i'm i'm excited about matt lafleur and the offense that he brings and this isn't a knock against aaron Rodgers. i've already said that he can run whatever and he proved that last year by winning mvp but there's something kind of cool about a a coach being able to say listen if i could create with my own hands a running back for my system, this is what it would be. If I could create a offensive guard for my system, this is what he would look like. A center, a tight end, a wide receiver. This is what they'd be able to do. And we're starting to see that come together. We've seen many offensive linemen, including two um, early picks, right? This is our second second round pick. The first. Uh, second-round pick that we got was Elton Jenkins. That was, you know, I say hand-picked by Matt LaFleur. Obviously, it was Brian Gutekunst that made the pick. But Matt LaFleur obviously has a heavy influence on this because it's his system, his scheme, and he's the one saying, this is the kind of prospect that I need. And then Gutekunst is unleashed in going out and finding that sort of prospect. The same is true for quarterback. And I've mentioned before, when I've done the videos on him, I mentioned it yesterday, all this stuff, when you just watch... Jordan Love and you think to yourself what is a Matt LaFleur or a Shanahan style system what does it kind of look like and go watch Jordan Love and you're like yeah that's that's pretty much it man it's a lot of just fast pace boom 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 efficiency down the field it's not a whole lot of this drop back and wait for something to come open down the field and then if nothing's there I scramble for another eight seconds and hope something eventually comes open down the field and if it doesn't I throw it away. Again, Aaron Rodgers is doing okay with adapting to this system, and he's also blending his style into it and making it work, but Jordan Love does seem like a good fit. And that's when I stumbled across this. This is from April 24th, 2020. This is an article at least written, but I'm sure it came out shortly after the tweet did. But it starts off, Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, again, this is written a long time ago, was reportedly a major fan of Utah State quarterback Jordan Love heading into the 2020 NFL Draft Thursday night. ESPN's Adam Schefter provided further details about the LaFleur mandate concerning the Packers' selection with the t- number 26 overall pick in the first round. This is what Adam Schefter's tweet said. Looking over pre-draft interview notes, and this sentence about where Utah State quarterback Jordan Love would go jumped out. Quote, I know. So he's going, I don't, I tried to find, I don't even know what he's talking about with notes. This must be notes that he has somewhere based on conversations he's had. But somebody told him this, when he's asking around, like, who, you know, so in other words, he's asking, hey, where's Jordan Love going to go? And somebody says, I don't know exactly where he's going to go, but, quote, that first part was me putting in some filler, quote, I know that Lafleur would almost mandate his pick if it got to a certain point. Isn't that interesting? So let's put these pieces together. Our head coach looked at Jordan Love and said, this guy is freaking perfect. I am obsessed with him, and and by the way, this whole thing about well, they took him too early as a second round pick. Why would you think that? First of all, many people had him as a he was a can cons- say he was a consensus first round pick. We actually took him exactly where he was uh, expected to go, which is tw- he was the twenty fourth best prospect as far as the consensus board goes. So he was not a consensus second round pick. He was a consensus first round pick. Even so, um. If we look at a lot of the times the Packers pick, including this year, um, a lot of times they do take guys that are seen as consensus second-round picks, i.e. Eric Stokes, who is 45th overall as far as his consensus goes. But the Packers didn't have them as the 45th best prospect, right? So I I don't know where that comes from. But okay, so Matt LaFleur is obsessed with this guy. He says he's going to be perfect. And this guy's saying, look, I don't know where he's going to go, but I'll tell you this, if he gets to a certain point... Matt LaFleur is going to start banging his fist on the table real hard, saying, I want this guy. Like, real bad. We know that as the draft progressed, the Packers were looking to move up for several pieces, and several of these guys started going off the board. It got to the point where basically there was just one guy left, and here's Matt LaFleur looking at the board saying, guys... All your other little pets are gone, right? All your little other little guys that you really, really wanted. Justin Jefferson, Brandon ayuk all this stuff. You really wanted them. I appreciate that. I respect that. They're all gone. All due respect. Really would like it if you go get my guy right now. And I, I'm not saying this is what the conversation was. I'm just saying it kind of puts things into focus a little bit. This wasn't Brian Gutekunst's number one priority. This wasn't his number one thought. This is probably not the direction he was necessarily wanting to go. But he's got a head coach. That he's trying to supply with talent. He's trying to get him guys that are going to fit his scheme. He's got a quarterback that's getting up in age. It's maybe a year earlier than you would expect, but you have your head... So this is something in the back of your mind, right? You're already thinking, i got to figure out how in the world I'm going to find the next great quarterback. Because there's a lot of weight on my shoulders as the next Green Bay Packers GM to find that guy. We might be a little bit early, and I wouldn't like to do it this year. Maybe next year or the year after, possibly the year after that if we really want to press it. But... I've got my head coach saying, this is the guy that can run this system. He's the, he's the guy that can get this done. He is now within range, and all the other guys are gone, right? We are going to catch hell. This is not going to sit well with Aaron Rodgers. This is not going to sit well with the fan base. But I have a decision to make. Do I take a swing at the next quarterback of the future? It might be a little bit early, but so what? We're talking about a 10-15 to 15 year run with this guy. I understand the rookie contract thing, but that's, that's, that's a minor point. How do we continue this longevity? How do we continue another decade of success? Because it isn't going to be with Aaron Rodgers. How do we do that? And what are the odds that a quarterback, because this never happens. Very rarely is there a quarterback that, that our head coach looks at and says, this guy is the guy. And he's here, available at 24. Do I take the heat? and do the right thing and take the guy that is top of the board, the guy that could potentially be the next great quarterback, that's good, that's going to be my guy, my Brett Favre, my Aaron Rodgers, or do I sit here in Hem and Haw and worry, disregard my board, disregard my head coach and worry about what the fans think and get a second round prospect because all my first round prospects are gone, get a guy that is a second round prospect on my board? Because I'm too scared to pull the trigger on a quarterback because it's maybe a year too early. I'm sorry, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer for me. I've, I, I've got a quarterback, or I've, I've got a head, and by the way, this is sort of a rite of passage. When you've got a new GM and a new head coach, your job is to build a new vision. And that vision includes all new players that run a certain style of, of whatever, right? whether it's a system, whether it's an attitude, whether it's whatever. It's about getting the right people that we need on this team, and the most important piece going forward is quarterback. I know they inherited Aaron Rodgers, and they can keep him for a while, but the point is, moving forward, what is, who's the next guy? He's sitting right here. You're telling me you're going to pass because you're scared of what the fans think? If nothing else, it's got to be a little bit comforting that Matt LaFleur handpicked this guy, right? This isn't just Gutekun saying, I don't know, he seems pretty talented. Let's throw him in there and see how it goes. Matt LaFleur is the one that looked at him and said, this is the guy. And again, it makes sense. Go watch him play in college and tell me that doesn't fit what Matt LaFleur likes to do. And not just that, he's one of the few guys that has those sort of Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes st- you know, style of play. I mean, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks that you watch, but Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes aren't a good comp. They're not like... You know, roll out and throw off your back foot and throw an absolute dime 40 yards down the field type of quarterbacks. They're talented and they can do a lot of stuff, but they're not that. Mac Jones isn't doing that. Jordan Love can. And even if Aaron Rodgers does come back, it doesn't even have to be a contentious thing about 2021. This guy's still here, right? So if Aaron Rodgers comes back, okay, he comes back this year. Maybe he comes back next year. Maybe he comes back the year after that. So what? Well, it was a waste of a pick. Listen, if he doesn't play for another four years and is the next Aaron Rodgers, it was still a good pick because the next Aaron Rodgers, quote unquote, comes along, what, once every five to 10 years, depending on how loose we want to be with that terminology. Jordan Love is 22 years old. In four years, he's going to be 26 which again is a ridiculous timeline, but let's say the absolute latest it's going to be is four years. And yes, the rookie contract thing is gone, but also he's not going to be getting $50 million a year if he's never taken a snap. That's not how that works. So it's not like he's going to be, you know, our salary cap is doomed because he's getting big boy money. No, he's not. He's going to get a lot of money, but he's not getting top quarterback money if he's never thrown a football as a starting quarterback for a team. So yeah, it'll get, a, it'll get bumped up, and I, I can't even envision what the salary cap will be at that point, but Let's say in today's dollars, what twenty five million? Maybe I, I don't even know. Especially if he's getting a contract while Aaron Rodgers is still the guy. I mean, at that point, it's I don't know. I don't I, I don't even know what that would be. But but let's just say let's say he's making twenty five million bucks a year at twenty six years old, and he's the next Aaron Rodgers. Unless you think there's there's just an Aaron Rodgers in every draft class, like oh yeah they just, they're just they're just you know they're literally just growing on trees. You can get them every year. Nope. I don't know that he is. I'm just saying, even if, so what? You can still get excited about him. You can be excited about Jordan Love and still want Aaron Rodgers to come back. It's a possibility. It's fine. We don't have, and that's also the reason why people that say, well, you know, maybe if it makes Aaron Rodgers happy, we should get rid of Jordan Love. That's one of the last things I'd be willing to do. Well, I mean, if if we keep Aaron Rodgers, then Jordan Love isn't going to play anytime soon anyway, so what's the point? What do you mean, what's the point? The point is, Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst believe he can be the next great Green Bay Packers quarterback, and you don't just let him go. That's the point. I don't care about the contract. If he's a great quarterback, he's worth every penny. I understand that if he's on his rookie contract, we can sign like some big wig safety or something off free agent. Whoop-de-doo, you know, wow, that's great. Yeah, it's cool. We can get a wide receiver and like a tackle and stuff. It'd be cool, man. Get some 32-year-old guard to come in for like 20 million bucks or whatever it's going to be in four years, three years, two years, I don't know. It'd be great, but if that's not what happens, it's not what happens. So what? Anyways, speaking of, um, we've got uh, Rob Domofsky giving us a little bit of an update on Jordan Love's practice. This is not necessarily new news because I kind of talked about it yesterday, but let's hear it in his words. He wrote a little article about what we've seen so far on Jordan Love, and I want to kind of give some of the highlights. First of all, one of the things that's very exciting to me is Aaron Jones. And I'll full disclosure, I still have not listened to his interview because I am terrible at my job and and by my job I mean this podcast. But everything I've heard from him and I don't know. I I you know, I, I said yesterday I'm concerned about possibly some of the players maybe having a bad attitude and taking on a bad attitude with the team. I don't know that that's the case. I'm just worried that that might happen. Aaron Jones is giving me confidence that it's not that way. In fact, if I didn't know any better, and I don't, (laughs) I would almost say if I see this baseball play one more time with the Pirates and the Cubs, I'm going to lose my mind. I I get that it's crazy, but every time I click on anything that pops up, if I didn't know any better and I don't, I would almost say that Aaron Jones is going out of his way to tell us how happy he is to be here, how happy he is with the organization, and how happy he is to work with Jordan Love. Why do I say that? Because he literally said all those things. You would think he would even, if there was any concern, he would want to be somewhat diplomatic. I don't see that he is. One of the quotes about Aaron, from Aaron Jones, um, in this article anyways, it says, quote, You can tell he's just a lot more comfortable out there, even from communicating in the huddle, to the command of the huddle, to just everything. Jones says after Tuesday's practice that was open to the media. Quote, He's had a year under his belt. He's had time to watch and learn, so you can tell it's a little bit different from what it was before. He's going to continue to grow, and I'm happy to be here working with him. Just that last little bit, doesn't it, I, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just playing into this drama too much. Maybe I'm getting to be a real drama queen when it comes to football. And I, that's okay. I can embrace that. This is like uh, the days of our lives for football. You tune into the Packernet Podcast. But but I, I let since I went to one extreme yesterday, let's go to the other extreme today. Because I'm not saying I think. I'm just saying what if. Is it possible that maybe some of the guys, and I saw somebody say this. I don't remember who it was. I really wish I'd, let me see if I did take a note. I didn't, but I I feel like it was a former player, but somebody had made some kind of a comment to the effect that players are not going to like this drama. In other words, they're not happy with Aaron Rodgers and the things that are going on. They're not happy with guys that choose not to show up and make statements and all these kinds of things. Now, again, I don't know. I'm not a player. I'm just saying that's what his perspective was on all this as a former player. I believe players don't like this stuff. They're just trying to show up, they're trying to work, and they don't want all the drama. And so I kind of wonder if maybe some of the guys are, are trying to put on a, a different attitude. Maybe they don't like that players are out there slandering the organization. Maybe they're a little bit upset about that. Maybe they're somewhat of a pro-team anti-Rogers contingency within the organization And, and I'm sure they're split on that because guess what the locker room is filled with human beings just like Twitter just like everywhere else where on some cases you have some people thinking some ways and on some places you have certain people thinking different things but you got certain people that are there that are acting as though they seem to be real happy to be there and Aaron Jones is at the top of that list in my opinion he's made several comments about how happy he is it's great to be back with the team And just that last little part of that sentence, I'm happy to be here working with him. Doesn't that sentence seem just a little bit extra? (laughs) Doesn't it? He's talking about how great Jordan Love is doing. And then he he throws in that last sentence that is two statements. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be working with Jordan Love. Anyways, uh, Rob goes on to say, uh, during individual drills, Love found the throwing nets more often than he did last season, which was a big talking point last year. The guy can't even hit a net. Um, and he zipped the ball with higher velocity. The highlights during those periods was a throw that traveled 35 yards in the air and landed in the outstretched hands of tight end Robert Tunyon. Man, would that be a fun... There's so much that could be fun about this team, man. I just hope guys continue to grow because there's so much potential here. It's ridiculous. I think it was... Who was it? Um, I think it was Jacob Westendorf on Twitter. He made some kind of a comment about Tunyon and Jace, and he seems to be real big on Jace this year as a breakout guy. And I don't, I don't, I'm not 100% there. I've mentioned that you know if he follows in Tunyon's footsteps, he's going to be the breakout guy this year. It makes sense. But just think how exciting that would be if you have Tunyon and Jace breaks out and you have a tight end duo. That doesn't even speak to Devontae. It doesn't speak to the running back tandem. It doesn't speak to um, uh, Amari Rogers. It doesn't speak to any of those things. I'm just talking about what if, as an extra added dimension, we have a solid tight end duo. Also doesn't speak to uh, Josiah Deguara. You see how just like one step forward changes the entire dynamic of the team to make it something that's just that much more lethal? If just Amari Rogers becomes a weapon, if just, you know, A.J. Dillon is a freak like we kind of got glimpses of last year but couldn't quite get a full picture because he didn't play very much, if he is just a dominant workhorse and he's paired with Aaron Jones, just pick one of those things to happen and this team is just ridiculous. Sorry, I'm on, I'm on my own little tangents here. A quote from Matt LaFleur, he says, he's definitely matured over the course of the year. Um, you can tell that he's put in the time this offseason, not only just lifting and running and coming in good football shape, but also you can tell he's put in the time in his craft, trying to continue to work on his mechanics, his fundamentals that are so critical to playing the position at the highest level possible. He's still got a lot to learn. I think you can tell that, but he's going to take it a day at a time. Um, he goes out there with purpose. I like his mindset right now. So I don't want to keep you know, hammer in this, but I do like the fact, and maybe it's just because he's young and maybe he'll get a bunch of money and get older and turn into a diva that just goes on vacation and doesn't care about trying anymore, but right now we've got a guy that we've already heard number one, and this was last year, when he steps into a room and he talks, he commands a room. He's got that level of leadership. We know he's a very good-hearted human being. He genuinely cares about people. When somebody else makes a mistake, he's the first one over there to pick him up, which is not a quality of all quarterbacks. And he's a workhorse. He's the guy that in the offseason, what is he doing? He's working. He's putting in the work. He's training, which a lot of guys do. But as we know, some guys don't, at least not as much as they probably can. Just saying, it's 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 an exciting thing. The other thing that, that kind of worries me is, you know, if you listen to that uh, interview that Matt LaFleur had done, and I didn't listen to a lot of it, but I saw a clip that was posted on Twitter, and they were just kind of going over talking about how intelligent Aaron Rodgers is, and you think, man... You put Jordan Love out there, and it's, I mean, it's going to take 10 years at least for Jordan to ever get anywhere near the level of, of Aaron Rodgers. How could he ever survive? How could he ever even get to be as good? But then you look at all the other quarterbacks that come out. Pat Mahomes is not as intelligent as Aaron Rodgers. Baker Mayfield. Now, I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's a good quarterback. Lamar Jackson. That guy doesn't know anywhere near as much as Aaron Rodgers. He's a good quarterback. Josh Allen. In year two, that guy exploded to be one of the best quarterbacks in football. You know, he's still kind of learning on the fly a little bit. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert doesn't know Jack. I still remember the, the video of, of uh, Brian Balaga teaching him cadence. Like, dude, you're doing it wrong. Like, you're you're going to draw us off, off size. And you, I mean, just teaching him basic stuff. Like, he doesn't understand cadence. He had a great year as a rookie, though. On some level, at the end of, and you hear football players say this all the time. You heard Kenny Clark say it when talking about the new scheme. You heard Adrian Amos say it when talking about the new scheme. You know it's great, and there's a lot to learn, and there's all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just football. There's a lot of stuff to do as far as reading the the, uh, the defense and and making the right reads and making the right adjustments. And Aaron Rodgers is a master at that. But at the end of the day, when you snap the ball, it's about who's open. Can you see the right guy and can you make the throw? Aaron Rodgers can make whatever read he wants. But if he makes a read and his guy runs the wrong route, it doesn't do any good. If he makes the right read and some guy gets open and he can't make the right throw because he overthrows him or whatever, it did no good. If he makes the right read and and he gets sacked, or there's pressure and he has to scramble and it throws the whole thing off, it doesn't make it. At the end of the day, it comes down to execution. it's, it's, It's backyard football. On some level, every play devolves into backyard football because it's chaos. You can't perfectly plan every single situation. You have to be able to adapt. You have to be able to make things work. And that's where the rubber meets the road. And and it's also why you can't just sit somebody down until they're 100% ready. Nobody's 100% ready. On some level, you just got to throw them out there in the fire and see what they can do. So yeah, Jordan Love is not as book smart as Aaron Rodgers, and he may never be because Aaron Rodgers has a mind. You know, Brett Favre, I don't think was ever as intelligent as Aaron Rodgers. He was a freaking great quarterback, though. No question about it. A really good quarterback. And I think, I've said this before, I think that gets forgotten sometimes because it kind of be, he kind of became a, a joke after a while. The interceptions went through the roof down the stretch. The whole thing with him leaving and going to the Jets was a nightmare. The scandals that he got into going to the Vikings wasn't great. It just ended in a lot of tumultuous type stuff. But I'm, I've, I've said this before. When I grew up in Illinois, Brett Favre was kind of untouchable. Everybody down there hated the Packers. But if somebody would make the comment, Brett Favre sucks... A lot of the time, you would have somebody step up and be like, all right, dude, cool. That's obviously not true. He's one of the greatest of all time. Bears fans would tell me that. That was just a, a bridge too far. Not to say somebody wouldn't say it just because it's a rivalry, but at the end of the day, people would look at him like, come on now, you're being stupid. So that is a concern, but, but I think that is sort of how I remedy that. A good football player will rise above it. The other cool thing about this article, um, this little blurb here, it says, Love's favorite target might have been rookie third-round pick Amari Rodgers, a slot target seemingly well-suited for the short passing game he has favored. Again, I'm not trying to push Aaron Rodgers out, whatever, but it is kind of cool that generally when you get a new quarterback in there, they have, like, a guy. And a lot of times it's somebody that comes in either at the same time or at a similar time that you build rapport with. Now, Devontae's there, Devontae's a a monster, and Devontae's going to be the number one wide receiver, no doubt about. But it is kind of cool to be able to have Jordan Love build that rapport with Amari Rogers. And to be completely honest, and I'm kind of getting into far into fantasy land here, this could be a, a dominant duo for quite a while. Again, maybe it doesn't start this year. Maybe it starts next year or the year after. I don't know. But Amari Rogers and Jordan Love are going to be around for a long time. And if they're any good, that could be a fun duo for a long It's all I'm saying. Apparently, they're getting in camp and they're kind of hitting it off in a football sense. Just would you stop continuing on with something matt lafleur said quote right now i think even as we're scripting plays we're less concerned about trying to put maybe the perfect person in position like we would in game plan situation uh it's more just about making sure that we're putting jordan in a situation so he can continue to progress like i said we're a evalu- we're, we evaluated every day just certain areas that we might think he may need a little bit more work at Those guys have done a great job, and the assistant coaches have done a heck of a job. They're doing a great job of putting together game plans, and so we've been pretty pleased with the first two days. I think I mentioned it, but that's the other exciting thing about this. We'll we'll, we'll table that, but the other cool thing is all of their energy is in Jordan Love right now. The head coach, the offensive coordinator quarterback coach. It's all about getting this guy ready, getting him prepared. They had no ability to work with him, or at least very little ability to work with him last year, largely because of COVID. They had to just put all their energy into Aaron Rodgers because at the end of the day, it's about winning football games. We want to try to progress Jordan Love and get him up to speed, but we got to make sure Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the starters are ready to go. Right now, whether or not they're planning on Aaron Rodgers to be the starter, he's not here right now. So they don't have the option. Every bit of energy that they have, with the exception of a little bit with Kurt Benkert as well as Blake Bortles but obviously the number 1 priority is Jordan Love. And so the just just envisioning the massive amount of growth that he can have in these weeks is fantastic because he's never had this before. He's seen the books in front of him. He's you know obviously he has quarterback coaches he works with in the offseason, and so Our coaches talk to his coaches, and they say, here's what I'd like you to work on and all these things, and they try to simulate and all that, but to get in front of the Green Bay Packers coaches and say, here's what I've learned, and for them to sort of tweak it and say, here's actually what I wanted, and try to do this and that, and really just perfectly refine it, I think his growth is going to explode in the right direction over these coming weeks. That doesn't mean he's going to be a good quarterback. I'm just saying he's going to explode toward his potential, and I'm very hopeful and excited that that potential is something special, like I am with all Green Bay Packers. And sometimes I pick a horse and I'm right, and sometimes I pick a horse and I'm wrong. Big fan of Josiah DeGuara. We'll see where that goes, right? I just I don't know. I just watched him and I said this guy's going to, and, and it was for similar reasons. It's not When I watched Josiah by himself, I didn't like him, right? Most of the Packers picks from 2020. When I watched them before the draft, I was like, "This isn't going to work." But when I went back and watched it through the lens of he doesn't do anything special, but this is a perfect fit for Matt Lafleur's scheme. That excites me because of the component that he brings specifically to this scheme. When you when I when I in my mind try to envision him as a Jimmy Graham type quarterback, it's like this is a joke. He's not though, right? That's what Jace is there for, or Tunyon. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break? Big, giant, massive shout-out to Mr. Clayton Bailey for jumping in on the Patreons. That puts us squarely at 216. So again, as long as we're sticking with this one-a-day trend, um, we're going to get there, which means I will be giving away a Green Bay Packers ticket. Or if you choose something else, that's fine with me. And it doesn't have to be the Steelers game if you don't want it to be. It could be whatever. Lots of options. But I am very excited about that. Also, apparently... um, Again, kind of came out of nowhere, but uh, Jamie, no last name on Twitter, apparently is trying to uh, spontaneously get us together on a cruise sometime, probably 2022. Point is, it's going to cost like a billion dollars, so we need to kind of start, start getting those uh, gears churning. Start saving your pennies, because in 2022, we're cruising. I intend to be there, mostly because it's a cruise. <laughs> I, don't, I don't plan on missing any cruises. I'm assuming this is a tropical cruise, right? We, I mean, we're not going to go on a cruise like to Alaska, right? Or Ireland, no offense, Dara, but I don't want to. I want to go to a beach and I want there to be a lot of heat. I don't know. But um, remember when I told you I like really big lofty goals? Somebody said, yeah, it's going to cost like 800,000 people or $800,000. And I'm like, you know what? This is, uh, this is something I'm going to attach myself to. Only because it's a stupid goal. Now I'm all in. Let's do this. It's not that bad, though, man. I looked up the ship. It's 2,000 people. 2,000 people, 400 bucks a person. Done deal. Anyways, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to support the podcast. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... about seeing what you could potentially get right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pack Wow. That's crazy offer 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arena club.com slash pack for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I reached out to basically any Green Bay Packer that had uh, their DMs open on Twitter. And I asked them a simple question. And if you were on Twitter, you know, I was asking you, what are some Green Bay Packers inspired recipes? And I asked every single Packer that I could, what's your favorite thing to eat? What's your favorite food? Not a one of these fools responded except one. Take a minute and think to yourself who this person is. I'm just curious. I, you know, I don't have time to set up a poll or anything like that. But just while I'm blabbing on here, take a minute and think, I bet it was this guy. If you want to pause it and go see what players have their DM, you can do that. There's a lot of them. But I just thought it was kind of cool. I'll give you a hint. He's not a starter. He hasn't done much yet. But he is a guy that I've talked about quite a bit, saying that I like him, and I think a lot of Packer fans like him and are excited about him. We just hope he gets more opportunities. In fact, I mentioned him recently as a player that uh, seemed to have slimmed down, and maybe that will help his role. Anyways, the reason keep thinking. The reason that I'm doing this is I really want to incorporate food and cooking or whatever into the, either the YouTube or the Facebook or whatever. It doesn't have to be like a full-time thing. And it's not like a super serious, like food thing. It's just kind of like the grill's rolling in the background while we talk football, that kind of thing. But I thought it would be kind of cool, maybe on game day or something to do like a recipe that is Green Bay Packers inspired. And I thought, what, you know, it'd be cool to find out what these guys actually like. You know, I mean, like the Jace Sternberger, obviously it's a burger and I wanted to be somewhat inspired by Jace. You know, he went to Texas A&M, so I don't know, maybe like put some brisket on it or something, that kind of thing, you know. Anyways, the one guy that got back to me was none other than Mr. Dexter Williams. Turns out Dexter likes baked mac and cheese, which is delicious but I kind of suck at cooking it. I've tried. It's like it, Mac and cheese is kind of tough. I mean, it's the easiest thing in the world, but it's it's hard to perfect. If I, Let me put it that way. There's not too many things easier to make than mac and cheese, but making it right is tough. It's hard to infuse flavor in there. you got to put a lot of stuff in there, a lot of different kinds of cheeses, and then some other stuff in there to really... Because I've, I've tried it before, and it's like, oh, let me just throw some, like, I don't know, cheddar in here. And then when you make it, it's like, it's like this doesn't have any flavor. But I'm going to figure it out. And we will have this year some Dexter mac and cheese, as well as a bunch of other recipes. Um, I am excited about my Jay Stern burger, mostly because it's a burger. A couple others that could be fun. equinemia St. Brownies, thanks to Aaron. Reggie Bagleton can do a lot of fun stuff with bagels. You got A.J. Dillon Drumsticks, obviously because of his thighs. Also, his nickname is The Sauce, so you can incorporate that in there. Some Jairos, you know. Like gyros, but the only thing that's tough about that is, first of all, making gyros is tough. Second of all, what do you do to a gyro to make it better? Like, if you try to elevate it, you're just ruining it. It just is what it is. You got to leave it alone. And just putting gyros on a plate, I don't know. And then KC's barbecue, obviously Kenny Clark, KC barbecue. There you go. Wendy said Smash Brothers Burger. Smash Burger is like a thing, you know, so when you smash the burger down on the grill. But you got Smash Brothers, you know? I thought that was brilliant. Plus it's burgers and I'm always going to get excited about that. Rashan Giros, which again the Giro thing is tough, but I thought that was clever. BJ Rahitas. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to do that. No question. Lot of onion rings? I just don't like onion rings cuz I don't like onions, but I don't know, I might have to do it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll invite Blaine over, he can make them and eat them. I don't want to touch them. I think they're gross. JK Scott's tots, which works on multiple levels, which is amazing. Definitely have to do that. Just do some, laded, some loaded uh, tater tots. We got the David brat Tiari, The Gravedigger Burger, which is already a thing, but we could, we could do it up. You got to do something with uh, Gilbert Brown. The Gilbert Brown Burger, I'll just reinvent it. It's just going to be piled high, and it's going to be amazing. You got the Put Cheese on Everything, Rashawn Gary. Probably have to figure out what the actual food is, but obviously the concept behind anything Rashawn Gary related is going to be Put Cheese on Everything, which is perfect. Curly's Curly Fries. One of my favorites, baby Bakhtiari ribs, and again with onions, whatever, but it's kind of smart, so we're going to go with it, the Bloomin' Runions. So if you got any other ideas, hit me up with it, because I'm dead serious, I want to do this. And the more ridiculous, the better. It doesn't have to be super classy. I'm not a classy guy. I want to make meat, put some meat on top of it, slather it in sauce, wrap it in meat, throw it in the uh, the grill, cover it with cheese, sprinkle tater tot dust on it, and uh, eat the whole thing in one sitting. Right? I don't care Sam just sent me something about the 2022 players and fans at sea yeah we got to get this cruise thing figured out so here's what we got i'm just gonna read it because I'm getting excited about it it's 800 bucks a person that's for the basic package they got uh, another one for 1150 a person they got these theater shows I don't know what that's about players wives event which I'm guessing that's guessing that's not for me so i I don't think it, that's not for me for 1550 a person, it includes a meet and greet, an autograph pass, and then $1,900 a person. I'm guessing it's all that stuff. You get the gold wine experience, VIP welcome reception, green room experience early. So I, you got to read up what all this stuff is. I'm not doing that right now on the show. Oh my goodness, it keeps going up. Oh, based on the state rooms or whatever. I got you. Yeah, man, cruises aren't, uh, cruises aren't cheap. <laughs> this actually isn't bad compared to what cruises, I mean, this is like kind of what cruises just cost. But it's a five-night Caribbean cruise, man. That's what I'm talking about. Leaves Tampa, go to Georgetown, Grand Cayman, go to Cozumel, and then back to Tampa. I could dig that. Looks like Jordy's going to be, oh, not participating in Final C Day. Whatever. What's he going to do, get helicoptered out of there? What are you talking about? I'll go right to his door. Chris Jackie's going to be there. I should just talk to Chris Jackie. Dude, Andre Risen, Paul Kaufman, George Koontz, Leroy Butler, Santana Dotson, Kevin Berry, Amon Green, John Kuhn, Gilbert Brown, Chris Jackie, Jordy Nelson. Yeah, we got to do this. We got to figure this out. Anyways, I had Adam ask me today um, how it is I grew up in Illinois but became a Packer fan. Pretty simple answer if I haven't answered it before. Dad was born and raised in Wisconsin. Well, not born, but raised in Wisconsin. So uh, he moved down to Illinois to get a job at O'Hare Airport. That's where I was born, and uh, he just raised me properly. That's that's pretty much how that went. Um, another question, and I could swear I put this in my notes, but I can't find it, so I might have to wing it a little bit. But this is this is kind of an oldie that I've been kind of just just haven't gotten to it yet. But I think we got a couple more minutes here. But Mister Prepared, I don't even have the question asker. But the the question generally was about Super Bowl quarterbacks and how much of a salary cap hit the team took on that quarterback. I'm really mad I don't have this. That would have saved me a lot of time. But we'll do the homework all over again. Why not? So I mentioned, I believe it was yesterday, the fact that um, Aaron Rodgers is currently eating up the second most amount percentage of the salary cap of any quarterback At least that I could find, and I think I've gone back quite a long ways. The only guy that's higher, again, is Matt Ryan this year. Actually, that's not even true. I wonder if they, did they restructure his contract or something? I'm looking at it. That's not even the case anymore. Matt Ryan 2021, 14.6%. Maybe it's for next year. Yeah, next year Matt Ryan is scheduled. We'll see how it goes. scheduled to be 23.4% of the salary cap. By the way, Kirk Cousins is scheduled to be 21.6% of the salary cap. But prior to, or let's just say this year and earlier, right now Aaron Rodgers is 20% of the cap, and um, at least going back to 2011. And remember, this is a percentage, so it's not like, well, the cap, obviously these guys get paid more. I'm not talking about an absolute dollars. I'm talking about percentage. No matter what year it is or how much money we're talking about, there's only 100%. And what percentage you take, it's a zero-sum game, Whatever percentage you take, the rest that's left is all everybody else gets. So 80% of the cap is what every other player on this team gets. Now, if we look back, um, I don't know exactly how far back I want to go because this is going real slow, and I'm just annoyed that I don't have all the data I already compiled. But just going back, let's take a gander at what the percentages have been for Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. Again, Aaron Rodgers is at 20%. Tom Brady last year was sixth in terms of percentage at twelve point three percent of the salary cap. Twelve point three percent. Before that, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Well that's why it's going so low. I didn't have quarterbacks selected. I'd have everybody selected. That'll make it go faster. Anyways, Pat Mahomes was thirty second, taking up two point four percent of the cap. Well that's not fair. He's on his rookie contract. So what? The reason the relevance of the question is is it a hindrance? At least this I'm putting words in his mouth, but Is it a hindrance to spend 20% of your cap because it's going to hurt everything else around you? The fact that Pat Mahomes was only taking up 2.4% of the cap means the team can allocate resources in other places, which is going to help you win a Super Bowl. So it still matters. It still factors into the equation. doesn't matter if he's on his rookie contract. That's still part of the point. The year prior to that, we had New England winning again. I'm going to be saying that, or not again, but Tom Brady. But anyways, we're going to be saying New England quite a bit. But Tom Brady was 11th, again, 12.2% of the cap. So we've had 12.3, 2%, and 12.2. Prior to that season, we had the Philadelphia Eagles. This one's a little bit tricky because you got two different quarterbacks. But either way, Carson Wentz was 27th, taking up 3.4% of the cap. Nick Foles was 42nd, taking up 0.9% of the cap. So even combined, they're not even at 5%. The year before that, once again, you have Tom Brady. Uh, This time, Tom is... Where's Tom? He's 18th, taking up 8.6% of the cap. So what do we got? 12, 2, 12, um, 3, and 8. Rogers is at 20. Disrespected Rogers is taking 20% of our cap right now. That poor man. The year before that, the Denver Broncos stomping out the Carolina Panthers. Peyton Manning, once similar to Tom Brady this year, right? Big wig that uh, you know, gets paid a bunch of money to go to a new team and help him win a Super Bowl. How much cap did he suck up? He was 7th, taking up 11.7% of the cap. Prior to that, once again, we get the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, once again, is 12th, taking up uh, 10.6% of the cap. So we still have yet to top, what, 12.3? Barely over halfway to Aaron Rodgers. year before that, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson was on his rookie contract, 52nd overall, taking up one-half of 1%. Again, it's not irrelevant. The fact that he's sucking up one-half of 1%, remember, uh, Schneider over there in Seattle had a really good draft class or a couple of draft classes, but he also went out and got some free agents that were pretty pivotal to help build this sort of super team. Russell Wilson, eating up one half of 1% of the salary cap, helped that tremendously. The year before that, you had Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens. Joe Flacco was the 17th highest in terms of percentage at 6.6% of the salary cap. And then finally, because it's the last year I can go back, at least on this site that I'm using, um, the New York Giants and Eli Manning beat the New England Patriots. Eli is third, which is about the highest on this list that I've seen, but it's still only 11.6%. The highest the entire year that year was 13.4% by Mark Sanchez. So as far as teams that have actually won a Super Bowl, nobody's really been over 12%, and we've had, uh, we've had several that have been over 12% that have not won Super Bowls. By my count here, we've got, what did I say, 12.3. So at we've had 49 quarterbacks since 2011 who have taken up 12.4% or more. None of them have ever won a Super Bowl. The highest, however, this is very significant. So remember, nobody taken up 13%, let us just say 13% or higher has ever won a Super Bowl. Could be a coincidence because it's, you know, whatever despite the fact that we know that there's a direct correlation to money and paying for talent, but leave that aside. The highest ever prior to the 2021 season that we're about to go into was Eli Manning in 2013 taking up 16.7%. 16.7. Aaron Rodgers is at 20 right now. It's not a coincidence that this is a record for for a player taking the amount of salary cap that he is and the fact that we have no money. Yes, going all in and getting guys like Amos and Zedarius and all that factors into not having money, but the biggest factor by far is Aaron Rodgers sucking up 20% of our salary cap. Again, Mr. No Respect is breaking records. And I know part of it has to do with how the contract is structured, but it's still amazing. Technically, Russell Wilson is breaking that record, at least since 2011, at 17.4%. And again, there's there's people that are scheduled to make more next year, but there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. I I would doubt that the Falcons are going to be putting that much into Matt Ryan. They're either going to restructure his contract, or they're going to just flat-out get rid of him next year. It remains to be seen if anybody's going to take a salary cap hit over 20%. But again, prior to this year, 167 is the highest ever, Russell Wilson broke that at 17.4, and Rodgers is at 20. I did have the average all figured out, and I had that on my sheet that I didn't apparently send myself, but I want to say it's somewhere around like 7% or 8% is the average salary cap percentage of a Super Bowl-winning quarterback since 2011. Something to that effect. Quarterback is the most important position, but it's not the only position. The other positions matter, and if you hinder your ability to build those other positions... You're in trouble now. The Packers are in a good spot, but they this is not really sustainable. 2021 is fine. This is not sustainable long term. Paying a guy 20 percent of the salary cap and expecting the rest of the roster to be stacked with talent it's just it's un uh, unsustainable. So and that doesn't mean you have to get rid of Rodgers, but you got to do something with this contract. Either give him an extension and and straighten this out, or look to a new quarterback. But this this isn't going to work. Now we're going to find out next year it's not going to work because if Aaron Rodgers is still here for the long haul and he's still taking up this much cap, we're going to be losing a lot of guys. We're going to be losing a lot of talent. So, anyways, do appreciate the questions and whatnot. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.